about to listen to the profound word of God, ministered by Ty Adeshuba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. Without a doubt, this will be a life-transforming experience as you acquaint yourself with the word of God and develop a rich and rewarding relationship with Him. This message will certainly shape your life, fulfill your dreams, and guarantee your success. Let's turn to the book of Psalms chapter 40. And I will read from verse 1 to 3. Psalm chapter 40 and verse 1 to 3. The book of Psalms in chapter 40. Verse 1 to 3. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord. I waited what? Patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and he heard my cry. Who turned to him? The Lord. He lifted me out of the slimy pit. Who lifted him out? Out of the mud and the mud. Who did that? Come on, you can say better than that. He set my feet on a rock. Who did that? He gave me a firm place to stand. Who did that? He put a new song in my mouth. Who did that? A hymn of praise to our God. Who did that? He says many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Did you see how many times God did something there? I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of a slimy pit. Let's go back to, I know it's not in our notes, but let's go back to Isaiah chapter 60. Give me the amplified of, of, of verse 1 of that. And let's, 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 let's mirror it with this. Uh, it says, arise from depression. In, in Psalm 40 it says, he, he, he lifted me out of the slimy pit. It says, arise from depression and prostration. Prostration means when you're lying flat. He says he wants you to arise from depression. It's a spiritual thing. But also physical, he wants you to rise from just sleeping. He wants you to rise from, getting, from staying under that duvet. He wants you to arise from just sleeping all throughout till the afternoon depressed. He says arise from that uh, which circumstances has kept you. Rise to a new life. He wants you to shine. Now let me start this topic and I'm talking about the first thing I want to talk about in taking back control in this, um, in this campaign uh, for this season is I want you to, I'm talking about taking back control of your emotions. Now, and I want to focus on what I call depression. Listen to me. And this is just an introduction for this Sunday. Next Sunday I will go deeper into it. And as we deal with our Wednesdays and all the, during the campaign, we'll speak more about this. Depression is the inability to construct a future. It's incredible darkness and it's an unspeakable loneliness. I know some people have walked into church and say, how are you talking about depression? Yes, because the church doesn't talk about it. And it's killing our young ones. It's killing even the older generation. 
It's destroying the fabric of our society because we don't want to address it. And I want to address it during this period because I think I've had enough of it. Depression can sap your energy. It can rob you of your health. And generally, it can extract the joy from your life. Depression. Depression. It can totally annihilate the beauty that God wants to make um, possible in your life. And the reason why I want to talk about it is because... Oh, I'm going ahead of myself. It's because some of you young ones think it's a badge of honor. You, you, you actually feel that's a trophy. We actually feel that the more people can come around us and the more people can talk to us and the more people can uh, 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 pity party with us, we, 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 we feel that, yeah, I'm going through stuff. And all I hear most of the time on the internet and on our social media, yeah, I'm, all right. I'm just going through this and God took me through this and, this. and I hear that and I want to be sympathetic with that, but we need to know it's not a badge of honor. Because if we don't address it, it will kill us. It saps your energy. The feeling of depression is deeper, longer, and more unpleasant than those short episodes of unhappiness that everyone experiences occasionally. So we need to put a dividing line between that. Because the fact that you're unhappy doesn't mean you're depressed. Don't call what is not yours, yours. I said I would be soft, so let me be soft. But, 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 but everyone goes through a, a, a period of unhappiness, but that's not depression. Don't, 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 take, don't take doubt into the arena of unbelief. Don't take unhappiness into the arena of depression. Because it goes from unhappiness, long term, to depression, to suicide. Because the Bible says the devil comes what to what? And destroy. It's, it's, he, he, he ups up the antics. Depression is different. Depression is a persistent sadness or low mood. This is, let's define what depression does to us so we know how to fight it. Because it's not a badge of honor. Come on, my young ones, my homies, my G's, whatever you want me to call you. It, 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 it is not a badge of honor. Don't stay there. This is what the depression does. This is the aim of depression. This is, the, this is the, its function. This is what it wants to do. So if you don't define it, you don't know how to deal with it. Depression means you're not enabled to enjoy things. You're not able to enjoy things. Depression means losing interest in life. In depression, it means that you're finding it harder, harder to make decisions, not coping with things that you used to be able to cope with. It's a kind of feeling of exhaustion. It's feeling restless and agitated. Sometimes you can see someone who is depressed by loss of weight or sometimes 
a gain of weight. Sometimes depression shows when you see someone have what I call sloppy dressing or excessive dressing. When I mean sloppy dressing is that they just look anyhow, appear anyhow. It just looks like they haven't taken their bath in ages. And excessive dressing is when they start to say, hey, see me. You know those dressing? Cleavage showing, uh, legs showing. Uh, and, 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 and sometimes you're wearing a clothes that you don't have the shape to carry. That's why you're in this church. Because if you're in another church, it will say, eh, dress, but no, you don't ha- you, 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 you're not designed, God didn't make you to wear those clothes. Some guys during summer, they're just wearing, just see, see my six pack. That pack is not helping your mood. Excessive dressing. Dressing to attract attention. Applying heavy and misplaced makeup. Like a masquerade. Bad appearance. Sign of depression. Give me your car keys. Let me see how your car looks. Dirty. Unkept. Your home. Your bath, where you brush your teeth, is absolutely outrageous. It's becoming black. It's a sign. These signs are coming. In marriages, loss of sex drive. Sometimes it now graduates to a thought of self-harm. And all these are what I call characters of a, of a troubled mind. If I, if, I, if, I, if I want to summate all this in three categories... I would say that depression is a feeling of hopelessness about a situation or their situation. It's a feeling of hatred towards themselves. And it's a feeling of hopelessness for the future. Helpless, hatred, and hopeless. Helpless, hatred, and hopeless. A helplessness about the situation, a hatred about towards themselves, and a hopelessness or hopeless over their future. All those things can be summated in that. So pastor, why are we talking about this? Because there is an epidemiology of depression across our culture. It's become Either I call it epidemic or endemic. I don't care which English suits the thing. It's just bad. It is absolutely bad. Everywhere I turn to right now is depression. The World Health Organization has ranked depression the fourth leading cause of disability worldwide. And projects by 2020, it will be the second leading cause. The UK, unfortunately, has the highest rate of self-harm in Europe. Children cutting themselves. Parents oblivious to it. Adults also cutting themselves. 
and doing self-harm. It's rated that 400 per 100,000 actually self-harms. 400 per 100,000. According to the most recent statistics, up to one in every five adults in the UK suffer from a form of depression at one level or another. That is epidemic. And while women are notably more likely to suffer from depression than their male counterparts, it has a potential to strike both sexes at any age with little warning. Can I get permission from other ethnicities and really talk about the black ethnicities? Because the topic of mental health is sometimes considered taboo in some black communities. The, 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 the area of mental health in black, Asian and minority ethnics, BAME group, is, is under-researched. The, the BAM group are generally considered to be at a higher risk of developing mental health than any other ethnicity in the world. Black adults are found to have the lowest treatment rate of any ethnic group at 6.2% compared to 13% in the white British group. So in general, black people from the minority ethnic groups are susceptible to depression going untreated. Let me give you some of these things. Black, black and minority ethnic groups living in the UK are, number one, more likely to be diagnosed with mental health problems. Number two, they're more likely to be diagnosed and admitted to hospital. They're more likely to experience a poor outcome of treatment and more likely to disengage from mainstream mental health services leading to social exclusion and a deterioration in their mental health. This gets worse in a church. Because we have a wrong notion of depression or we are non-informed. So sometimes, instead of receiving professional help for their depressive episodes, we sometimes, especially, and can I now drill down, especially black young men are often told pray it away have you heard that pray it away they're told pray it away by older families they told them to find solace in scriptures others are told especially if it's the man man up stop being a fool sometimes they use the word and excuse me if it's not said in church stop stop being a punk. And so men feel intimidated by coming out to say, I have got a problem. Now they can't say it in the world, and I know some of you will take what I just said and blast it over the internet. I really don't care. Uh, I'm just trying to be real with what happens. And, 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 and some, some, some young black men, and I want to talk to the black men uh, here specifically, because many people just hide behind that macho feeling, and it gets worse until we get a phone call. He's incarcerated. 
or he committed suicide. And the question is, so why did he tell anyone? Maybe because the first person he told was saying to him, what's the matter with you? Or the parents just looked at him and said, nobody in our generation ever had mental problems. It's not a mental problem. Before it becomes a mental problem, just deal with it. Because most of the time, we're not talking about it. We're just sweeping it under the rug. And it is killing our society. And so why do we need to take control back? My message this morning is not only to... A message of, yeah, you make it, yeah, you go with it. That has bankrupt the church mentally. We're so mentally bankrupt in the affairs of life. Because we do a lot of shouting and screaming. And so this one might put some people to sleep. Wake up. Because you're going to, if it's not you, someone in your household is dealing with this. And we must be able to understand the signs. And while we pray about it, we are aggressive about it likewise. Because the devil comes to steal, kill and destroy. And it's a double attack when you are a Christian. Because you're not only facing the physical, but you're also facing the spiritual. So why do we need to take control back? It's because the devil's main aim is to mess you up with anxiety and panic. If the devil wants to ruin a life, he will always instigate a thought. The devil's main aim is he wants you to be physically healthy but mentally deficient. So on the outside, you look physically okay. But on the inside, you are struggling. That's why the scripture says in Isaiah, he says, rise from spiritual depression. Did you see that? Rise from that place where you're prostrate, you're lying down. Because when you appear to everyone, your makeup may mask what is really happening on the inside. Your macho appearance and your external laughter may mask what is actually happening on the inside because the devil wants to destroy you internally before it shows externally. And many issues happen internally to destroy us because it has greater potentials to destroy you outside. Let's say this clearly. So, if someone cuts their arm right now, right, right, right now, we'll see medical guys run up all over them and try to bind it up. Isn't it? If someone has a sickness, uh, physical sickness, and they rush them into A&E, they're more likely that doctors will take place, take care of them almost immediately. Have you ever heard anyone that walks into A&E and says, I have a mental issue, I'm depressed, something is not right, and you get a doctor to attend to them almost immediately? No. Because the devil is so good in trying to introduce mental cancer that would totally destroy a life before any one of us wakes up to it. And they're living in our houses. 
They're living in our environments. They're living around us. They're walking past you in church. They said hello to you this morning. But we didn't realize it. That some of them are suffering from an ingrained issue. And they can't talk about it. And I've got to deal with this. Because it's never good for a pastor to receive a phone call. That someone committed suicide. The person you said hello to yesterday. And it looked everything was okay. So what suddenly happened? We missed the signs. How are you doing this morning? I'm okay. God bless you. You move away. Sometimes we need to ask, how are you really doing this morning? I'm okay. But if you're walking in the street, you will go back and say, this is the third time I'm asking you, bro. How exactly are you doing? I'm not saying we should all be <laughs> looking for people. How are you really doing? No. Even some people, when I see them, and I see that their body weight, something's just gone out of whack, I say, how are you doing? I'm fine, pastor. When last did you go to the gym? Um, ta- okay. Sit down. Let's have a discussion. It starts on weight because I know there's something going wrong here. There's one lady every single Sunday. I see her dressed in black. One day I called. I said, come. I know I'm dressed in black. But I said, ah, do you realize that you've worn the same skirt for the same going for like four or five weeks? Oh, pastor, I don't know. Something is wrong with you. Come to my office. By the time we finished, it took me another four weeks to yank out from that spirit of depression. Just an ordinary skirt. Now, I'm not saying go around and start looking at skirts. That's not what I'm saying. But God's spirit will lead you. He must lead you. Because the devil will mask it on the outside. It looks alright. So, I'm, I'm comfortable dressing in something that and women have told me hides some certain things. So, he's physically allowed you to hide it, mask up with all kinds of stuff, but things are going wrong on the inside. Listen to me. Many people believe that depression is simply a spiritual problem, while others believe that it's only a physical or emotional problem. What is my belief? I know it's both. Physical and spiritual. Before you can get into a horrible pit, it takes sometimes both the physical and the spiritual. And you know what? Even before a person, my own personal experience in the pit, my favorite and spiritual encouragement to those who struggle with depression is get over it. Deal with it. Because my picture of a victorious Christian allows no room for weakness. There are countries that if I preach this message, they will kick me out of the pulpit. Because it is not a common and not a message people want to talk about. When a pastor invited me in one country to go and preach, I'm going to talk about emotional healing. 
He says, Vaso, the problem we need is we need money. I said, there is no money coming to a person who is emotionally bankrupt. Do you not hear what the Bible says? The Bible says that I want you to prosper. What? In your soul, according to your soul prospers. I said, just watch what will happen. By the time I finished, I said, everyone struggling with an emotional blackmail, emotional issue, come out. The entire church emptied itself. I said, look at the pastor. I said, we've got a problem here. How many days did, I, did you give me? That one day, I said, we'll talk about this. It was a big issue. Because we'll mask it in. Because all we just say is get over it, deal with it. That in the, as a Christian, that is no room for weakness. After all, how would I show that I'm going through an emotional issue because I'm pastor? People like me are not supposed to struggle with depression. But let me say to some of you who they have said that to, notice that the author of Psalm 40, which was David, was a man of power and prestige. Do you know David slayed Goliath? Has anyone here slayed a Goliath before? You know, you, you need to meet a wrestler. Or, or, or Shaq. Is it Shaq O'Neal? The, the basketball guy. He's huge. His hands are twice mine. Have you met him before? Huge. huge. One day, I went to, I'm not sure if it was Las Vegas or something like that uh, in those days. And, and you know, we're used in England to average height. You're all tall, God bless you. Uh, we're used to that. But trust me, when you consistently see seven feet, it looks like these basketball guys just, just descended. I was just like, But I just started like, I'm like, are people actually this tall? Now, they said that Goliath was nine feet. Now, so this young boy at the age of 16, 17, defeats a Goliath and then wrote his son. He says, I'm in a horrible pit, God. And you heard my cry. So, what could not defeat him physically was able to defeat him mentally. So a Goliath could not move him, but a suicidal thought could floor him. If you take Pastor Ife, and he comes forward, and a snake comes in, from where he comes from, he's most likely to find something to kill it. Because he has no fear of snakes, I hope. So he could, oh, he, he could be like a snake handler. Just hold the snake, throw it away. Put that same snake in and let Olu stand here. And then you will see that height. What makes a tall man afraid can make a short man bold. Depending on what you're exposed to. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so we have David who exposed to War, but at one point in time, he hadn't dealt with internal issues. So he says, David seems to be powerful. He seems to have it all, including the special favor of God. Because remember that the Bible says he's a man after God's own heart. People like that should never struggle with depression. But David did. And let me now show many of us how to be at rest with yourself. 
and how you can pray and how we can deal with it. Because Job longed for death, questioning why he was ever born. Elijah sat under the juniper tree, begging God to let him die. Paul writes in the book of Corinthians, we are under great pressure, far above our ability to endure. So we despaired even for life. This is people in the Bible, great men in the Bible. Martin Luther wrote the great hymn, A mighty fortress is our God from his deep pit of depression. Ah, we can see Charles Spurgeon's, and I went to Spurgeon's college for my master's degree. He was one of the greatest preachers that ever lived, but he often battled with depression. Jesus fought his depression through the darkness on the cross he cried out he says father i'm unbearably in loneliness and pain he went into the garden of gethsemane he was so much under a lot of stress that the bible says that his sweat was like the drops of blood these are men that are are great men but have gone through it so pastor what's your message cheer up If you sense darkness nipping at your heel, you are in great company, my friends, who can struggle with depression. The answer simply is anyone. Anyone can. We have the false notion that it is either a sin or it is a weakness. Neither is the case. Because in fact, depression is something a person sometimes does not choose. Rather, it's something a person must choose to deal with. Now, here goes the nods reducing. Depression sometimes is something we didn't choose, but it's something we must deal with. The real issue is not whether a person experienced depression, but instead how the person reacts to the depression. So, Let me round this up and say this so you'll get my message. Great men in the Bible experienced depression. Jesus, Paul, Job, David, they experienced it. And they even, 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 uh, uh, who, 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 Jonah experienced depression. In fact, he experienced depression because God didn't kill a nation. So he was so depressed that God didn't kill a nation and he looked like a fool. So he was depressed. But the question is this. And we can see other mighty men and other mighty women who have experienced this, this issue of depression. So, depression will come. But all of them, at one point in time, had to rise from depression and deal with it. But unfortunately, this is not a message most of the young ones want to hear. They want to hear that people suffer, but they don't want to hear because the enemy is speaking to us that you can get over depression. Tap someone and say, you can get over it. (laughs) Let me give you one key and then we close. How do we actually get over it? I say number one, you have to transfer it to God. Tap someone and say, transfer it to God. I've got five minutes to deal with it. One of the greatest lies of Satan is that there is no hope for those who are suffering depression. It is a lie. This is a lie because God has the answer. Come on, come on, come on guys. Listen to me. Come on, listen to me. Don't give up on God. Don't give up on yourself. Stop looking for somebody to bring you happiness. 
Stop looking for someone to give you flowers. Come on. Come on. We've got to learn to visit the secret place of God in prayer. And don't let depression frustrate you. God has the answer. Psalm 91 verse 14 says, I, I, let's read it together. Ready, steady, go. I'll give you the best care of care. If you only get to know me and what? Trust me. Call me and I will answer. Be at your side in what? In bad times. I'll rescue you and throw you a party. How dare you tell me that depression is more powerful than my God? Come on, let's deal with this. Why do you have God on your side? Why do you serve God? Why is it that things can destroy you quicker than God's answer in your life? Your inability to know that He is there exposes you to a lifetime of misery. Now, don't, 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 don't misthink my passion as rebuke. I'm dealing with a demon of depression, so don't worry. I'm not shouting at you. I'm shouting at the enemy to know we have our God on our side. I'm shouting at the enemy to know that through Christ we can do all things. You must know that although you cannot see him at times, he's always there beside you. That's why he says, be still and know that I am God. Your worst days are never so bad that you are beyond the reach of God's grace. Your best days are never so good that you are beyond the need of God's grace. God knows I have faults, but God is working on me. He's changing me day by day. And while he does that, I can still enjoy life. I realize that we will always have issues. You will have issues. So I won't be discouraged. When God convicts me of areas where I still need improvement. I know that I'm not able to do what other people are able to do. But I like myself. Uh, I don't like everything that I do. And I do want to change. But I refuse to reject myself. Because God loves me and God accepts me. I love myself too much to die. I love myself too much to copy you. I love myself too much to be in danger of moving forward with my life. I, I love myself. You've got to learn to love yourself. I'm not saying love your faults, but just love yourself. He didn't create you and waste your time. Yes, you may not have the husband. Yes, you may not have the wife. Yes, you may not have the friend. But you have God. You've got to learn to say, life burdens are not something that can paralyze me. In myself, I may be nothing. But in Christ, I have everything I need. Your faith should be in God and not where you are right now. Is anyone hearing what I'm saying? You're, you're, you're not blessed in any endeavor because of your performance. You're blessed because of your connection to the vine, to God. Unless... You are connected. You waste your time chasing people who have no more power than you do. Your strength and your success is in God. John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you stay joined to me, I stay joined to you. Then you will produce lots of fruit. Because without me, you can do nothing. 
Your strength and your success is when you're connected to the vine. Take Jesus out of your plans and all you have is chaos. He spoke to the storm and the storm obeyed him. The success of a fish is when he stays in the water. When you stay in his presence, everything else will come to you. That's your success. Don't let anything disconnect you from his presence. Even if you feel he's not there. Psalm 34 verse 18 says, The Lord is near the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. He says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Many are the afflictions. So what am I saying? Please, please folks, listen to me. Don't let the devil or the world tell you that God can't help you. There's this lie that goes around that says the church doesn't understand depression. That's a lie from the, from the pit of hell. Because we do understand it. But we're not giving you the solution the world is giving you. I want to give you the solution that comes from God and then add the world as a top up. Because before you get down to that psychologist, he is the chief psychologist. Before you get down to that mental health worker, he is the one who created you and knows how to fix you up. Before you take that anadine, that codeine, he's the one who can give you a pill from the word of God and it never fails. Did I say you can't go to them? Absolutely not. Sometimes we need their help. But what I'm saying to you is that never let anyone tell you God can't heal you. He can heal your broken heart. He can be there with you. Because they can give you a temporary measure, but God can give you a permanent measure. And they can tell you that you need to do this and do this and do this and it will work. But the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is our helper. He's our advocate. He will be there. He will go beyond where they put a full stop and start a new chapter in your life. That's what no one can do. I need to tell someone here. You know someone, oh God, someone went out to see, a, my wife was reminding me, went to see a psychologist 15 and a half years ago. She sat down with the person. And the person says, you know what, I think you also need a church you need to go to. You just need a church you need to go to. And, they, and she said, well, I've just been out of a church. It was a horrible experience. And I do understand that too. But the person says, you just, I know I'm trying to, but you need a church. And then she now asked the person, can you tell me what church to go to? She says, there's just a church that just opened, just across the road, uh, worship tabernacle. Uh, it's, they used the, and then she went on the inter, oh, they used the town center, the interchange, when God has delivered you, it, it takes a while to remember, uh, interchange studio. I said, oh, okay, I'll go there. Do you know what the name of the pastor is? Oh, they said Reverend Ty. She said, never. She didn't like me. <laughs> she said, never. So she left, she said, never. Because the church where we were like, she was my enemy. I was her friend. You know, I don't offend anyone. She said never. The following Sunday, she sneaked into church. If she did not walk into worship tabernacle, her life would have remained in depression today. One day, she's going to come out and give that testimony. Fifteen and a half years ago, she walked in. As she was leaving, I saw, ah, how are you? 
And from nowhere, I had no idea, because I don't normally do that. I said, have you got your phone with you? He said, yes, take my number. So I gave her, I said, anytime call me. Barely 10 hours, 1 a.m. in the morning, I got a phone call from her, in serious trouble. And that was our journey. And today, I look at her, married, with children, serving the Lord, and I say, truly, lives are shaped, dreams are fulfilled, and success is guaranteed. Now, why did I all say that? Am I promoting a church? No. But I'm saying in Christ is our number one solution. Don't let the devil lie to you. Are you young ones hearing me? In Christ is number one solution. We get deeper with God, he takes us deeper out of the, out of the pit. We get connected with God, we will show the world we know and we have the answers. We get deeper with God, we'll look at depression in the eye and say, you are not landing in my place right now. You, you may see me as a landing pad, but I have the connection, I have God, I have the Holy Spirit, I am built up with enough immunity against this. Uh, so, let me tell you the devil, I'm just unhappy. But my joy is in the Lord. One thing you can't touch is my joy. Uh, and when, it, when, when, when God is my strength and my joy, you're going to leave. Yeah, I may not feel right this morning, but I am rising up from this prostration. And I'm going to another height. Not by my power, not by my might, but by the Spirit of God. When you do that, the devil has no choice than to find someone else. Because the devil, he wants to make profit and you are his waste of time. When you stand, he has no time. He just, he's just too much in a hurry to stay with you. He will stay for a while. When he knows he's not getting maximum, he will leave. You do not... No. When they want to detonate a bomb, they do not do it in the desert. They find a very big, great populated place to have maximum result. So the devil also wants maximum result. So when he comes to your doorstep and you open the door with faith and you scream and resist him, he runs away and says, you know what, let me find another Christian to deal with. But as for you and your household, you are under the blood of Jesus. Amen. Did you get anything from it? Let's bow our heads right now. You've been listening to Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. We hope you enjoyed this message. For further inquiries, visit us at www.worshiptabernacle.org.uk. Alternatively, call us on 020-7435-3939. You can find us at the Citadel, Worship Tabernacle, 131 St. John's Way, N19 3RQ, Archway, London. Thank you for listening.